Well, good day. It's, uh, let's say it's episode four of the first season of the Parkcast, which has been initiated this year, 2021, and the idea is to have an ongoing oral history of Park for D Television, Park.nl, an initiative that started 30 years ago this year, and uh, there are a lot of stories to be told, and... This will be one of them. And we, at the end of this little chat, we, if you listen for, let's say, minutes, you will hear who the next one will be that adds to this history and fantasy, maybe. Anyhow, a story to be told. And, uh, well, why, yeah, you know, and as well, it's, it's, uh, Park was television, four-dimensional television, and what that meant was not exactly clear, but anyhow, it triggered some fantasy, and it was broadcasted uh, at night on local Amsterdam television, but also in Rotterdam, later on in Paris, London. No, no, not quite. Uh, well, that's not the facts, but... Imagine that you would be in Yekaterinburg and that you at night turned on your television and you did see one hour pure image, pure sound, and you could take a look at it. So, well, my name is Peter Mertens. Uh, I'm uh, one of the initiators of Park. Dick Tuinder and Martin Sprenger, Wils Heuskens and Martin van der Ploeg were among them, but as soon after we initiated, we enlarged the team and spread the idea of one-hour television, so uh, it was nice. It was on Amsterdam local cable, and uh, nowadays it's just leftovers. There is still Web Earl and a large collection, and even the Stedelijk Museum of Amsterdam accepted our gift of 12 hundred hours of pure image and sound which have been created merely in between 1991 and I think 2006 and that might be might have been the final year and we still continue to keep the spirit up but nothing new happens so the story I want to tell you is maybe because I was cleaning up my attic last uh, last thing and I'll find all kind of packages of leftover paperwork that went along with uh, the, the, the creation of all those 1200 hours or even more of pure image and sound. I, I, I hate to say it's art, it was not video art, maybe it was media art, but at least it was one thing, one hour. And why I uh, say maybe it's a good idea to have it 28 minutes, it's, well, I keep up the spirit of Bob Ross, who created one art piece in a broadcast of half an hour, but technically because there were titles and there were were uh, in front titles, titles ahead, and... Uh, he had to create his art piece in 28 minutes. So to honor him and the first real television artist, uh, this park cast, park cast will be exactly the length of uh, his original painting. Well, so it might have been 30 years ago, triple X yeah, in Roman numbers. And, uh, and you've heard already what park was. I can describe it from the website. You can read it as well, park.nl. It describes the artist initiative uh, that uh, went along, and we also did Dave days, even face days, VCDs, and even at a certain stage, a pure audio iPhone app, Rodeo 5. And um, 
there are it's a long list of names who did contribute to Park, but maybe you can recognize uh, meanwhile some famous artists of some well recognized names like Jeroen Koymans, Constant Dullard, Sonja van Hamel, and uh, of course Martin Ploeg, who was important. Uh, and you can even find works of Fiona Tan. Uh, in the collection so by the way that's maybe interesting to tell uh, you when you look it up what she did contribute to Park it was not similar to the work she's been well known for and respected for nowadays but she took images from commercial television a, a soap series and reordered them and maybe that was was specific for that time artists were used to look at the world around them and they would see trees beautiful skies flowers persons of fame or important historical figures too but but more more the reality that they were looking at was their television screen and that's find well as far as artists are people who reflect reality around them they uh, start to look at that and see fantasize about what they could create with that or sometimes just isolate the reality that they see saw on that and that's probably what Fiona Tan uh, did and others as well it was probably uh, something that artists historians or people who think about it more deep uh, say that's specific for the time and moment uh, that the art has been created so um, funny enough that's a side path in this that's the problem nowadays uh, we didn't mind so much about copyrights or uh, intellectual property or something like that it just taking things out of reality and isolate them was considered to be a new art piece at least a comment on that and well at this stage when we just handed the entire collection to the Stelic Museum they have big problems on showing it because they're very very afraid that someone comes and say oh that's a stolen art piece so they're looking for a lot of paperwork and and contracts and all kinds of agreements and to 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 free them of any one coming in and say oh you owe me a million because you're showing my work and say you've stolen it somewhere well you know how much stolen art there is in the museum but funny enough we started park off saying well just look at you can look at it you can tape it and uh, you can even steal it don't worry it's free art should be free and not copyrighted and protected for commercial value it's arts wants to be free and that led to probably some sampling of images so uh, around uh, 1993 i did a contribution to what is now the famous no not the famous at least which is now the missing tape of park so maybe tape 1201 i even can't remember the title but i do know that that i created it it's uh, it wasn't those days that the local amsterdam cable television broadcasted a uh, well uh, <laughs> a lot local things and uh, but also the national television and also german television that was completely new at night suddenly we would pop up at a time 10 years earlier the pirate television would appear and uh, well they uh, they had a problem with that and that's more or less why the amsterdam board legalized it by organizing salto television and that's the platform on which park contributed but technically it was cable television amsterdam kt kta and at first they had 12 uh, broadcasters so at night they would show a screen 
on which you could see all of the broadcast at the same time in a tiny screen with a nice logo and a clock in the middle. You can imagine that. And, uh, well, it's probably because of a lot of the broadcasters would show just a test screen late at night or nothing moving or sometimes just a bunch of flowers or easy. So it was nice to look at with your, you came uh, home from being in the town or in the bars just was waiting to go to sleep and you turned on your television and you would see nothing on it but just the screen with the overall screen with all the tiny pictures of the all the broadcasters that were there was the best thing to look at but uh, i think about 1993-1994 um there were so many broadcasters that they that they switched the screens and that resulted in a funny thing that uh, you would looking at the right corner in my case my eye was drawn to the lower right corner and there both was a something going on on french television a big show with with, with singers and unclear and uh, in, in a certain rhythm and they sang and danced but you could not hear them because kate kitty would katia cable television amsterdam would show just uh, just have another radio sound on it with a lot of echo and i believe they were uh letting you hear sky radio which um which had a uh, lot of echo on its own. So it was a lot and a lot of echo which created a rhythm. And the TV Sank French television show was alternated with a blurry pink thing, which maybe you could hope was a pirate who broken into the to the television uh, broadcasting unit of KTA and showing porno or something like that. So uh, to be honest, your eye late at night would be drawn to that. You, you see pink moving in a rhythm that the echo of Sky Radio and the double echo of KTA created and it was alternating with a dance show of French chansonneurs, Charles Aznavour or I don't know, heroes in glittering and light and dancing. So there was a rhythm created and well, I thought that's already made, I have to show you. So I taped an entire hour of that channel and I thought to show, I just need to do a little thing. I just go and enlarge that area of the screen and show it to you as a new created art piece taken out of the reality of television, created by no one, but created by the system of the, the robot itself. So that's what I did and I taped, but, but technically uh, just uh, the enlargement of the corner, would, which would have been easy today, it would be easy to... to uh, uh, to just well take it and put it in whatever program that enlarges it. It's 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 it's, it's a trick that could be done uh, in ten minutes. But I needed to go to Montevideo, the artist center, because they had a trick machine that's very expensive and that you had to have an operator with, and they could do that for you. So I went there. It was a cheap artist price for one hour video editing, and uh, I met with I believe it was Ono Klein. At that stage, I'm not quite sure, he was an artist himself, but he could operate those machines very properly. His art was also related to the technology and uh, he helped me to just do what I wanted. Enlarge the lower right corner with TV Sank and the unknown erotic channel. And uh, well, that's what I wanted. So we, so we went there and uh, well, it was very easy to do that, uh, to just 
take the VHS, enlarge the corner, and then uh, actually, because we needed one hour of pure television, we were, yeah, we could look at it for one hour, but uh, we would look at it for one hour, but we could also have coffee, and uh, that's what we did. We just pressed record and play, and went away to have a coffee. And we were, of course, discussing techniques, and at that stage I was also, um, very, let's say, an important someone who created, who, 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 who how do you call it? Anyhow, I was the creator of TV TV, a program on national television, art, and so we were discussing the, the possibilities and the developments and, 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 and what we wanted to be and, 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 of course, what art could be on screen and, and what technique it was easy to use and what we need to develop. So we were in a very good uh, mood and discussion about that. So when we're at a certain stage, it was almost one hour, we went back to the editing room and, uh, uh, well, we watched five minutes and saw that it was a good piece that we created. But he said, yes, yes, but uh, I can show you, we can do a lot more. And, uh, well, I said, it's all right, keep the tape rolling for the last five minutes, maybe, uh, well, do, a, do a show me. So he, he, he showed a lot of tricks, buttons, handles, colors, changes, movements, and anyhow, he created an instant art piece, probably related to all the previous art he had, he had created in his in his previous mood. So what I can say at the end of my conceptual reality piece was a unique Ono Klein art piece as a kind of surprise, hidden gem in the broadcast. Well, you have to look it up. But now the thing is that what happened to that tape, because I went to the more or less professional editing suite of Montevideo, my tape was not on a Super VHS, my tape was not in Umatic, my tape was not on a, later on we used Betacom, for what case we did it, I don't know, but it was copied to a Umatic BVU. BVU tape, which was considered to be the high quality. But yes, what was the fate of that tape? I don't think exactly how it was, but it was not the common format. And so probably when we did select tapes for broadcast on the television, we didn't have a machine available that we could take a look at it. So anyhow, I think it was broadcasted once or twice maybe, but later on the tape disappeared simply because it was not on a commonly used commonly used system. And um, it's the lost tape. So remember, it was a great piece with a nice rhythm of French television dancers and singers together with a pink blur of something that could be pornographic things in a echoing environment of sky radio with a lot of uh 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 and that in a it would be in the perfect pure image and sound perfectly fit in the time you would want to have a look at it and if you managed to keep at the 55 minutes you would see an absolute masterpiece of contemporary state-of-the-art videographic burst imagine that i think it's nice when you go out and take a look if you can find the tape or at least if you can imagine what it could look like well and uh, maybe the fun thing about uh, these kind of lost tapes is there are a lot of gems to be found when we uh, a few years ago finally agreed to um, to give away the entire collection to the Stedelijk Museum of Amsterdam took some time because it took some time to digitize 
1200 hours of art and it costs a lot of money and room space time and so on you can imagine it and even but it's very nice to tell after we did agree it uh, how the work about that specifically Gerrit Hogeveen who was the technical director of the Stedelijk Museum it's his personal effort that he at a certain stage took some computers out of the offices which almost would have been thrown away he bought cheap graphic cards to grab the video we brought all our machines that were still working to the stalic and and for some long summer he digitized all the tapes and so it's now available digitally if you go down to the library of the stalic museum and you ask for help can you show me a nice art piece? Well, you have to sit for 1200 hours and then you experience what has been experienced late at night at Dutch and Berlin and New York and Rotterdam and Yekaterinburg cable television. But uh, it was a problem to show it in the, in the official hall of the Stedelijk Museum because of the copyright thing. But now but what's, what's true that all the artists did sign a paper that for as long as their lives or whatever, for, for eternity, it could be broadcasted at local Dutch Salto television, local Amsterdam Salto television, which more or less got lost at most of people's television sets. A lot of people, of course, watch don't watch live television or not at all nightly live television on local. But Salto exists and we got the official permits to show it there. So we gave it to them. So the entire 1200 hours is digitized and we are busy uploading them to the service of salto.nl. So there you can see it all, except, of course, for the tape I tried to describe and describe you and so please take your pick it's there are works of Marta van der Ploeg which was to celebrate the publication of his nice big lifetime book and um, consider this podcast also a official notification to all of you that um, you can uh, uh, well maybe you find your own work because we lost the central mailing list to tell you that we we did this and uh, yeah <clears throat> okay, nothing to laugh about, of course. And you can take take your pick, take your pick. It's a uh, it's a beautiful thing to look at. Okay, again, this is. Um, let's just briefly uh, explain this uh, podcast. This is number four. Number one, two, three have to be created by other people. Maybe you can start with creating number hundred. I uh, will randomly pick uh, two people to create an addition to this uh, first, oh no, fourth podcast. Um, and uh, maybe I don't think for too long and just will choose Dick Tounder and Martin Sprenger, the two, and Bill Seuskens, who I just happened to see this afternoon around. And he, uh, besides that, he's a great creator of visual art and programmer of visual things. He's a beloved synthesizer player with a great collection and a great taste for good good music and he is the one that has created the tune that you hear in advance and that you will hear when i stop talking within a minute of three bill Soskens. so i hand over this podcast to dick tounder and martin sprenger they have to add 28 minutes of oral history something they remember of uh, the history or fantasy of things they would have done in the future anyhow 
a story that needs to be told and you will soon in a few seconds be able to listen to the tune that has been created by Will Soskens wheels.nl decktinder.com Martin Spreng I, I believe Martin Martin you have to tell me what web URL you can find uh, with in this in well yes let's 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 do the 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 28 minutes are uh, I hope you enjoyed this tape and uh, you, uh, what can I say more? This, oh, here it is. The, the, the works were broadcasted on television stations in Rotterdam, New York, Berlin, Yekaterinaburg, and Park focused on digital media art, including urban screens and handheld computers. And Park was founded by Martin Sprenger, Dick Tuiner, Maarten Ploeg, and Peter Mertens. And of course, Wiel Seuskens, Martin Takke, Jasper van der Brink, Kunon Terwin, Harko Haagsma, Sonja Harmel, Jeroen Koymans, Constant Dorat Vera, Stippard, Albert de Mikael, and Linnan Bangrijk were part of the team. Most of them still create work that keep the spirit of Park up. And among the contributions to Park for DTV are works by Geert van der Kaap, Arnoud Mick, De Rijke de Roy, Jarif Altervien, Fiona Tan, and many more valued artists. Okay, let's. This podcast is is easy adapted by Okoi Okoi, and uh, please subscribe. It's on iTunes, and please do link. And uh, see you next time. And I have to be a professional uh, podcaster, podcaster by this by saying goodbye in the next minutes.